Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are very, very excited to be with you this week. <laughs> Sorry, I just kind of weirded myself out on that one. I hope I didn't make you feel any feelings. Uh, talk to your bishops. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we are previewing the BYU versus Liberty football game. BYU is traveling to the state of Virginia to take on the Liberty Flames. We're going to preview that whole game and week seven of college football. You will not want to miss it up, miss out on it. Uh, Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal2RoyalPod, where you'll find a lot of fun and interactive content. There's always tons of crazy stuff going on, especially on the Instagram. Follow Jared on Twitter at Jared Buckeye, and make sure you're checking out our website, RoyalStrongAndTrue.com, where you will find the weekend watch guide that we will mention later in the show. Without further ado, let's get to it now. Let's. I'll let the bull. Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over here! Let's back this bullet. BYU football, let's go! Uh, we are without Dan, so we will not be doing some housekeeping, but... Sorry, Dan, bye. We will still be doing a little bit of roughhousing. Uh, I have a debate for us. Ooh, debate. We also have some... Proper football. Proper, proper, proper. Yes, uh, the women's national team of the Brigham Young University. Mm, yes, 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 yes. Uh, they're back, baby. They are back, after an abysmal start to the season where they like allowed 7 billion goals per second, uh, they are back in the AP Top 25, are projected as a lock in the NCAA tournament, though it's not called the tournament. I forget what it's called. It's called something weird. The College Cup. It's kind of like the Final Four. I don't know what they call Col- the whole thing. Yeah, uh, they, anyway. they're a lock for it. They beat a ranked Portland team. We already talked about that, but they traveled to Malibu to play Portland, beat them 4-3, allowing three goals in the second half. Uh, yes. So it's good that we were up, you know, a big time, and that yeah. we won four three. We scored more goals than the opponent, but yeah. there's still work to do. So it's not like we're just resting on our laurels now. We actually have to go out and beat the crap out of some teams, and we need to because Santa Clara is currently in first place because we have two ties yeah. in conference, three zero and two I think is the record, and Santa Clara's five and zero. So we have to catch up if we want to win the cup. Honestly, I don't care if we win the cup just as long as we get to the tournament. Yep. Uh, even then, like I, I care. A certain amount, but at the end of the day, it's proper football, and I care more about regular football. American football? American. Good old-fashioned good old American foosball. Speaking of foosball, mm-hmm. I have a debate for you. Debate. So, uh, PFT Yep. posted on his Twitter that is now locked at 999. Yep. Um, he posted on his Twitter just a picture of an NFL football, and it said, what did it say? It was like... Hot topic or like uh, hot take or I don't know something like that and it just said football and it was an NFL football. Mm. So I ask you, which football is better, the college football or the NFL football? Because college, 
is a little bit fatter and it has stripes. NFL football is very slim and sleek and has no stripes. It's just brown. Yeah. Uh, let me. There, there's a there's a ball that I really like. That okay. I'm gonna look up really quick. Uh, I, I forget exactly what it's called. Um, uh, yes, found it. Okay. I like college footballs better than NFL footballs. Okay. Let me tell you why. NFL footballs, they have that dumb little shield on it, whatever. But they, as in college, are not affiliated with one certain ball manufacturer, if mm. I'm not mistaken. it's dif- It differs from school to school, so you get a little bit more variety. The, s- the football that BYU uses is the same that I used in high school, which I love, I adore. The Nike Vapor 48. I think it's a beautiful football. Firm. It's got nice grip. It's, the laces are you know, don't come undone very easily. They do fray once they're you know in the dirt and asphalt a bunch of times, but <laughs> not quickly. NFL footballs uh, are just I don't know too egg shaped and too uh, too dark a shade of brown. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I I agree. I don't like the NFL footballs. I don't I don't know if that's just because I've grown up with college footballs all the time. But I don't like it. It's like too weird. It doesn't look like a like it looks too old school to me. Like it looks like the old like pig bladders that they exactly. used to like inflate and sew together. Exactly. And like I, I respect that. Like yes, okay, it's kind of a throwback. But it's just it's not it's not good to look at. And sometimes when they played on TV, like we were watching the Chiefs, uh, what was it, Chiefs Bills on Saturday, mm-hmm. and the ball looked pink on TV. Yeah, it looked like a bright shade of pink. Not but then good. in other games, it looks like black and. I don't know. The Not college football is a lot better, especially when you throw spirals mm. and you see the stripes yes. moving. It's m- much more beautiful than just a brown, I don't know, log of poo flying through the air. Way cooler, but here's the thing. I have another debate for you. Okay, let's hear it. Normally, you know, the advice when you're kicking a football is to kick it at about the level of the bottom stripe of the football. Okay, okay. Right? But the stripes are facing away from you because the laces are facing out. Should, should we... As a BYU program, flip the ball with the laces facing in, so that our kickers can see the white line. But we kick we kick field goals from like ten yards less than their max, right? So okay. instead, let's say Jake Oldroyd's max is a fifty-two. The max he's gonna kick with the laces facing in is a forty-two yard field goal. But will it be more accurate because he can actually see where the white stripe is? So let me tell you this: I have absolutely no. Uh, knowledge of kicking a football as seen in our uh, field goal kicking video. I True. Was first to go out. Mm. Yep. Uh, what was it? 17 yarder? It was uh, a glorified PAT with a false start, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I do not know what turning the laces in does mm. or or like how that affects your kicking. But even contact with the ball. Right. And so it could go with whoever ways. That's what I assumed. But I don't know. I don't care. Let's try it. It can't get worse than it actually is. We have missed more PATs than I think anybody else in the entire country. The thing is, I can't find a stat that I can't find a, a website or someplace that tracks field or point after kicks made or or missed. But I swear we've got to be number one. There's no way somebody's missed three PATs this season. I don't know. Georgia Tech's kicker looked pretty bad earlier today, but I said we try it. Why not? Yeah, I can't find a stat on the percentage, but I can't find a stat on extra points made. Okay. Uh, It's definitely not us because, one, we don't score a lot of touchdowns, and, two, we don't make the PATs when we do. Uh, Jake Oldroyd is tied for uh, 60. Okay. And he doesn't even kick the PATs anymore. 
Uh, Justin Smith, for whatever reason, isn't even on this list. So It's probably because he's missed three. <laughs> Honestly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's, let's stop talking about BYU's kicking situation. We have uh, some other things about BYU that we need to address. Yes, and first on the docket is obviously what we're going to be talking about today. BYU Liberty. Mm-hmm. It is a football game that is going to happen on Saturday at 1.30 Mountain. Yep. 3.30 Eastern, day game. Mm-hmm. Don't like that. Mm-hmm. Um... ESPNU, okay? Okay. National so, television still. Still, yeah. This is strangely giving me like Coast Carolina vibes. Uh, Liberty's also a rival with Coast Carolina, so I guess we'll see how that goes. At least we've had a week, a full week to prepare. True. We found out months ago we were going to play this game. Years ago. Probably like 10 years ago. Though, doesn't matter because we won't make any adjustments until after the first half anyway. True. True. <laughs> um, let's start with the most important part. Actually, I have a haiku. A haiku. Yes, I have a haiku before we start our breakdown. Okay. Flames versus Cougars. Battle of the Honor Codes. Loser goes to hell. I hope you all snapped along with us for Jared's beautiful poem. Uh, I have a poem too. Okay. BYU defense. It's not a haiku, it's just just a poem. BYU defense. Mm Mm-hmm. Like a vacuum it is. It cleans up the mess through massive suction. Beautiful. Look at us. We're Unless Corbin Green's on the field, then it's the best defense of all time. Oh, yes. Just, you know, all right, all right. We got to give a plug for you, both. Yeah. You know, we already talked about you know the most important thing, which is the fact that it's a day game. You already know how we feel about day games. We've provided the stats over and over again, and we don't need to do it. Day games suck for BYU. All of our previous losses have been during games that kicked off before 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Now, we do have to talk about the uniform matchup. That is the second most important thing. We used to say it was the most important thing, but now we have noticed that in day games, BYU sucks patootily. Yeah. And so now it has been moved to the second tier. I will say it's the most important thing during night games. Absolutely, But during yes. day games, it beca- then becomes the second most important. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. That's very uh, sane reasoning on our part. Hmm. Um, so BYU, we're going with a white helmet mm-hmm. with royal trim, mm-hmm. white jersey with royal trim, mm-hmm. and the royal pants. Uh, it's clean look. We got the royal blue chrome face mask. Which is nice. Which is nice. We wore this uh, combo at Utah State last year, but with a gray face mask. Okay. So this year, uh, it's got the royal blue one. Last time we wore this this combo. Don't with say the, it. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to say it. but Don't it, look it up. It was Just don't look it up. 2019 versus just, San Diego just, State. Just don't look it up. Don't, don't say it. Don't, don't say it, Jared. <laughs> anyway, it's a clean look. I like it. I yeah, it's, it's a nice and clean look. It, it's a classic BYU look. Yeah. You can never go wrong with it. Nothing too crazy in the uniform this week. So, I mean, that's yeah. kind of interesting. You know, I, I've been thinking about this a lot, actually. Okay. And I'm going to say something that might be a very hot take. People are like, all like the boomers on Twitter are like, Ugh, too many uniforms. Just shut the heck up and let the kids enjoy what they want to wear, okay? If they think the uniforms are cool, then BYU produce more uniforms. Freak it. I don't care. But, I think this is very interesting. The BYU uniform staff, Mm -hmm. or any uniform staff in the nation. Okay. The equipment staff. What the heck do they do when they're not having to change, like, face mask colors or, like, Change the type of stickers that are on the helmet or like design new things. What the heck do they do? Do they just like store the helmets in a room and like sit there and like look at them and be like, yeah, that one's fine. And just like sit there for the entire week until it's game time? 
Uh, I don't know. I'm, so, sh- I'm sure they have other duties, but I do not know what those duties may be. So shout out to the BYU uniform crew for like actually giving the equipment staff a real job to do when they have to put together and take back apart all these uniform combinations. Right. We have a new one every single week. I think that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I sorry. I just I keep thinking about how cool the uniforms were against Notre Dame and the ones against Arkansas looked pretty good. <sighs> I like the white with the that color of blue. I'm just mad that we suck. Whenever we do special uniforms, uniforms tainted. Yeah, I feel like the blackouts have always been cursed, though. It, with BYU it started football. the first time we did it was 2011, 2012 versus Oregon State. It was a day game. It was on ABC, and we lost like 40 to 10. I think that goes to show you, blackouts and whiteouts only do them at night. At night. The USC or the Notre Dame game, first off, it was away. You don't want to do a blackout on the road. No. Right? And you don't want to tell the fans that we're black on the road in a black stadium. Anyway, it was still a day game. It was 4.30. It was not a night game. Yeah. But, uh, and also, I will, I will say this. Whiteouts, we've addressed this in the past. I don't know if we said this on air or not. But stop with the little sound clangers mm-hmm. and do the pom-pom. Pom-pom. The pom-pom looks so much cooler on TV. It really looks like the crowd is in unison when everyone's going back and forth at the same time. I've never seen it pulled off with a blackout. Maybe do the same thing with a black pom-pom. Mm. I don't know. Would it look cool? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe do like a glossy, shiny royal pom-pom with like a black crowd. Or, hear me out on this one. It's like a UV light pom-pom. So when the lights go off and they're like shaking Ooh. them around and the UV lights go on, it's like this purple color. That would be interesting. Maybe it doesn't fit the BYU color scheme, but that's still a cool idea. I'm sending an email to TCU's athletic director right now. <laughs> hey, they got their blackout game. They do. Saturday All right, they send it quick. <laughs> um, anyway, I totally agree. Penn State, Michigan. Obviously, those are the teams you think of with the pom-poms. Maybe Auburn as well or Alabama. Yeah. Um, but or in Tennessee, I guess. But like pom poms look sick on television. They do. They look so good. And artificial noisemakers are great, but the casuals think that that's what you're supposed to do instead of yelling. Yep. And yelling is a hundred times better. Yep, absolutely. It creates a way better atmosphere. Uh, Let's talk about uh, yeah. Liberty's uniform. <laughs> now that we we've talked amply about BYU's, uh, they are going with a uniform that they are going crazy about over on Twitter. Uh, I'm looking at it, and it kind of just looks like a normal uniform. It looks like Utah's uniform. To me, I don't know. Uh, they're going with a white helmet, red face mask, uh, red jersey with some navy red and white trim, the red, white, and blue scheme, some white pants with the red, white, and blue pinstripes, and uh, looks this man appears to be wearing white knee socks. Uh, that's great. Um, I, the knee socks, interesting. I think if you're going to go knee socks, you might as well just go tights, right? Is that just know. me? Like, knee socks are like a staple in football, right? Okay. You, know, like you wear the tall socks so that your legs don't get cut up when you're like, true. getting dragged across the ground. That's but true. I do agree, if you're going to do that, may as well just go all the way with the tights. I think tights look cleaner. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. Uh, I just think they look a lot like Utah, which, good or bad, I, the last time we played... Uh, a Utah team, Charlie Brewer, was also the quarterback. We'll get into that a little bit later. Yep. Uh, it's a clean look, but I think BYU wins a uniform matchup here. Can I just say, it should be illegal for both teams to wear the same color of any piece of equipment. The cleats and socks, tights, whatever, they can wear the same color. Okay, pants are different color, jerseys are different colors, good. Mm-hmm. But the helmets are the same color. Mm. Same, like different stickers, but it's the same shade of white. So when you're like looking at the screen and all you can see is like kind of like the upper half of their body, it's just going to be a bunch of white helmets all over the place. I don't like it. They should have to wear different color helmets. Interesting. Interesting take. Uh, that would especially help on the goal line when they're doing pile-ups, yep. right? And you kind of got to see where the player is. Um, hopefully, it doesn't matter in this game because BYU will be up so much that it doesn't matter. But 
we shall see. Uh, one last thing. Uh, there was a a post on Twitter that was a little bit. Um, how would you describe it? Like eerie. It was just weird. Weird. Weird was, is a good word. It was weird. Uh, we'll post this on our Instagram story, so make sure you check out our Instagram story at loyal to royal pod, and we'll quote tweet it on Twitter as well. Uh, they posted a video. Sorry, a photo. It's like this black and white color scheme of a forest plain area right outside their football stadium. Right? Okay. And there's like a gate to hell almost, it looks like, with okay. like fire spitting out of it. Baptists, they believe in hell. Yeah. Fire and brimstone. Fire and brimstone, yeah. Uh, there's an eagle flying high, watching over the scene. And Liber- there's... Liberty's mascot, probably. There's a weird crown on the ground. Okay. Probably from Old Dominion. Okay. A weird colonial hat on the ground. Probably from UMass. Okay. Okay. Then we have a bird's nest with a dog's collar over it, which is kind of weird. The dog's collar, I'm guessing, is Gardner Webb. The bird's nest, I'm going with um, uh, what is it? Southern Miss on that one. Okay. It's a gold okay. one. Then they have a dragon head, obviously UAB. Yep. And a kangaroo for the Akron Zips. And a live cougar roaming into that scene. Yes. The cougar looks quite malnourished, I must say. It does. It, it looks, looks quite it looks nice skinny. Yeah, it looks like almost like a household cat. <laughs> but not like a fat cat. Like a, I don't know, like a... Peruvian like, street cat. Like a mangy cat. Yep. Yeah, like, like a mangy cat. What do you think about this post? It was really weird. It's kind of like one of those things that you'd see us post after. Like you'd see a team post after you beat a team. Yeah. They come up with these weird Photoshop things. Like BYU when they beat uh, the USF, they came. They did the bullied thing. That was fine. It was cool. It was cool. But like pregame? Yeah. And what did it say? It was like, watch where you wander or something? Beware of where you wander. See, like, what? What? I... Are we the wandering cougars, like the running utes, but we're the wandering cougars? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we are just wandering around because we've lost two games straight and we have no idea. I don't know. I would make one change to this post. Okay. You got to break the cougar's legs, cut his tail in half, and poke an eye out. Because that is how we are coming into this game. Yep. We have no offensive or defensive identity. Nope. Who knows who's injured and who's not? We still have no idea. We're going to wait for like a pregame tweet with the list of 16 players that are either in and out or or not. Literally like five minutes after kickoff. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So yeah, that's that's just a change I would make. Uh, I'm not very confident going into this game as we kind of get into the, the preview of this game. Um... A lot of changes need to be made in order for us to win this game, much less cover the six and a half, seven point spread. Yeah, because this game is not going to be an easy game. You hear Liberty and you're like, oh, who even is that? And I, I don't even think we can play our NCAA simulations this week because Liberty is not even included in NCAA 13 or 14. They joined in like 2016. So that's that's all kind of weird. But Liberty is six and one right now. They are 6-1 with their only loss to number 13, Wake Forest, by one point because they failed a two-point conversion at the end that would have given them the win. Which I say go for all the time in that situation. Don't blame them. Yeah, absolutely. Also, this is currently ranked 13th, Wake yes, Forest. They are currently Wake ranked Forest 13th. is a good team. It's not a team that was ranked early and fell. Yeah, but here's the thing. They're a weird, weird team. They are undefeated at home, one of 16 teams in the nation to be undefeated at home this season. But their first win was by two points, two points at Southern Miss. Southern okay. Miss sucks. Not very good. A touchdown versus UAB. UAB is an is a okay good team. team. At one point, lost to Wake Forest. A nine-point win to Akron. Over Akron, Akron is bad. Akron is awful. Fourteen-point uh, win at Old Dominion. Old Dominion's a, hit, a hit or miss team. That's a good win. Decent win over UMass. Eighteen points. Okay. 
but then only a one-point win over a 2-5 Gardner-Webb FCS team. And uh, if we pay attention to that game, Gardner-Webb was up mm-hmm. 17-14. Uh, so, sorry, my computer just uh, made a little sound there. It is, it is haunted season. Um, and it's also got Groot and Rocket doing some things. Oh, it's a new... I thought it was going to be a new Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh-huh. It's just a coaster that's opening at Disney World. Sorry. Um, back to the thing. Gardner-Webb um, was up 20-14 to 14 in this game until 10 minutes left yeah. in the fourth quarter. So that I maybe they were looking ahead. I, I don't know. Maybe they were looking ahead because they are putting a lot of effort and energy into this football game. For the first time ever, Liberty Stadium has sold out. Their previous biggest crowd was either versus Virginia or Virginia Tech. I'm not sure which. Virginia. Versus Virginia in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. And it was like 22,000. Yeah, it was around 24,000. Okay. It has sold out capacity of 26,000. Every hotel within like a 20-mile radius is also booked to the brim. Hugh Freeze is giving speeches to their team talking about this is why we chose independence. This is why, like, you came here to play these games. This is the best game that has occurred in this stadium in its history. All this stuff, they are not looking past us. We are their Super Bowl. Yes. Absolutely. And that's scary. It is very scary, especially seeing where BYU is at. This is technically, this is generally the game that BYU goes into, completely overlooking their opponent, looking just to, to sweep the floor with them, right? We saw Georgia Southern last year. We honestly didn't win that game by as many points as the final score indicated. It was much closer than that. Um, except the thing that's different this time is we are completely wounded. We have no idea who we are. I don't know if that's good or bad, right? Does that does that help us get up for this game? Because like we know, hey, we can't just walk over this team. We don't even know if we can beat this team. We need to get up for it. Or does that kind of give us this... Uh, you know, maybe this is just our get-right game where we just come over and go through the motions and figure everything out. I, I don't know. I, I worry. ESPN's FPI kind of sees this as well. They only give us a 54.3% chance to win. Obviously, FPI is skewed because it's heavily favored, you know, SEC bias and all that because it's an ESPN analytic. Uh, but still, BYU is not a significant favorite as you would have assumed at the beginning of the season. No, let's remind everyone, we played Liberty in 2019 at home. Mm-hmm. Only beat them 31-24. to Yes. We only beat them by a touchdown. It was a very close game all the way throughout, and that was at home. Yep. And Liberty was not half as good as they were this year. That was as they their, are this that year. That was their second year as an FBS program. Their quarterback was literally Stephen Calvert, who, I kid you not, has the single worst neck beard I've ever seen in my entire life. That is... So when you imagine neck beard, you think just a beard that goes to your neck. No, there's no beard on this man's face. It is only on his neck. Which is absolutely awful. And to make it worse, he's literally from Plantation, Florida. Wow. What a man. (laughs) Absolutely insane. So Liberty's a good football team. They're going to be playing against us with all their heart, might, mind, and strength. Sold out crowd. Crazy atmosphere. Lots of pressure put on Liberty to win this football game and prove its superiority as an independent program. Do you think BYU comes into this game prepared? I know you kind of said you were unsure already, but do you think BYU shows up to this game and wins this football game? If I had to guess, I would lean on yes, we are coming prepared, we are ready to go, we are chomping at the bit 
to prove that we are better than we have shown the last two weeks. Both sides of the ball, right? Offense mm-hmm. and defense. Um, now, is that actually going to happen? I don't know. I do not trust our our coaches to get our players up for games. We've come out very flat in the last couple of games. Um, so I, I would hope that we come out uh, excited, ready to play, um, but I don't know. Um, I think the game is going to be determined by our mindset and our passion that we play with. Uh, as far as teams go, like we are the superior team. Uh, Talent-wise, uh, analytically, we are a better team than Liberty. The record may not show that, um, but the metrics do. But we are playing an away game against a team that wants to rip our throats out. If we do not come out fast, if we do not come out focused, if we do not play with the fundamentals, everything, all the you know non-answers that really are true, if we don't come out with that mindset of we are here to kick some you-know-what, we are going to get our you-know-what's kicked. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Liberty and who they are as a football team because that's a little bit relevant to how we will play against them. Everybody's talking about Charlie Brewer. Charlie Brewer is the quarterback for the Liberty Flames. Uh, we obviously beat him as Utah's quarterback and forced him into the transfer portal last year. But let's actually clear some things up. People are like, oh yeah, Charlie Brewer has been the starter. Charlie Brewer has a broken hand. Yes. And has since game one of the season. Apparently last week for his Gardner-Webb, he was not close to playing, but has made significant improvement this, this last week and has not been ruled out versus BYU. So it is more than likely that we will not see Brewer, but that we will see a different quarterback like Bennett or Salter, Both of, neither of which are like prolific quarterbacks. Salter, their leading quarterback, six touchdowns and five interceptions on the year. Okay. Bennett. Six, six touchdowns, six interceptions on the year. Nice. So they throw as many picks as they do touchdowns. But more than anything, this Liberty team likes to run the football. They have, comp- they have attempted 208 passes on the year while running the ball 281 times. That's, that's a lot. They are 34th in the country in run play percentage. Uh, BYU, for or an average of non-service academy is about 51.5. BYU is 46. Right, so they run the ball quite a lot more than BYU does. Uh, they average 4.6 yards a carry, um, which is good for 38th in the country. BYU 4.9, but we know that's kind of skewed with the Puka Nakua touchdown, yep. Miles Davis, a couple of Chris Brooks ones. Um, so they do focus on that. Their passing numbers are very interesting to me because they don't throw the ball as much, they don't do it as efficiently, but. When they hit on those passes, they are explosive. Let me give you some numbers just for a little bit of uh, of context. BYU completes 67.7% of their passes. That's 15th in the country. That's very good. Liberty only completes 52.3%. That's 120th in the country. Yeah. So that is not prolific. Um, they're 81st in pass yards a game. They're 57th in pass yards per attempt. Pretty. That's like, okay. That's upper that's half, middle kind of, of middle, middle of the pack. But yards per completion, almost 15. That's 11th in the country. Wow. So when they do complete their pass, even though they're not very efficient at it, when they do complete it, these are explosive pass plays. These are downfield shots that they are taking. So look for them to try and establish the run and take shots over the top of BYU. These numbers tell me that that's what they're going to do, right? They're not mm-hmm. going to throw a lot of intermediate routes. They're not going to throw on third and five. They're going to run the ball. But... They are going to use a play-action pass, try and take the top of our off of our defense. 
Yep, and the reason they can do that is because they are so effective in the running game. I mean, they have multiple running backs that average over four yards a carry. That's what that's wild. Their main running back averages six point three yards per carry. <sighs> that is absolutely insane. Seven touchdowns on the year, a forty six yard run as well. Now, it is not just their running backs that run the ball. Those two quarterbacks that we were talking about, Salter and Bennett, that both kind of play the same amount of time. Salter averages about seven runs per game, and Bennett averages about six and a half runs per game. So they run the football. They are not just sitting back there, pocket passers. They're mobile. They like to scramble, and they will even run QB draws from time to time. Hugh Freeze is a great offensive mind. He knows what he's doing. He's an incredible coach. He will get the most out of this Liberty team, and he will set up plays that will put our defense in sticky situations, situations in which we have not proven to to succeed in this year. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Think of the two respectable offenses that we have played. Notre Dame, or not Notre Dame, Arkansas and Oregon. And what happened in both of those games? They scored 40-plus, and we lost by three scores plus. This is going to be a tough game for the defensive side of the ball. Sorry to all your Cougar fans. But with Tuiaki's current scheme, as it is currently constituted, who knows if we'll see changes to that. Um, he loves defending the deep pass. Like, he will drop eight, and he will he will bet his life. He'd rather have somebody cut off his testicles than have him beat him throwing the ball deep, right? Fair. Fair. So they're going to take that away from Liberty. But, like you're saying, they're just going to run the ball. They're going to scramble. They're going to get eight yards a run. They're going to chew the clock. Um, Liberty is averaging almost three yard, or three minutes more possession time per game than BYU, which that could go sideways. We've noted How many minutes more? Thing. Three. So they're awful, too. Uh, they're like middle of the pack. Like, the average is like 305, and they're 310. Okay. Uh, 30 minutes, 5 seconds. They're like 30 minutes, 10 seconds. Okay. We are 27 minutes, uh, 23 seconds. So if that plays out, they'll probably have 6 to 7 minutes more time of possession than us, which is, it's a full drive, right? Especially with the kind of defense that we play. Um, So I think that's going to be kind of the matchup to watch, is our defense versus their offense. See if we can take away the run. See if we can stop them on third downs. Yeah, that's what we're going to have to do. Um, we're going to have to play a very clean game offensively as well. You mentioned our completion percentage and how great it is. We're going to need that to stay a common theme during this game. We need Jaron Hall to be healthy and to throw accurate zippy passes. Because on the year, Liberty is averaging almost two interceptions a game. Yeah. They have intercepted the ball 11 times, four of which is by one safety by himself. So this team, ball hawks, And they are very, very good at what they do. Yeah, that leads me into this other point. It Turnover matchup is super, super interesting because we have almost the exact same turnover margin per game. Uh, I think it's like 0.6, right? Turnover margin per game, both teams, right? But listen to this. BYU is 17th in giveaways a game with 0.7, which mm-hmm. is good. That's great. Yeah. We are 99th in takeaways per game. That's bad. We, yeah. only, have, we only average one takeaway a game. Like, that's... According to a national scale, that's bad, right? You think about it, you're like, hey, if we get one turnover a game, that's pretty good. But nationally, that's not very high. Liberty, now mind you, same turnover margin, but they average 2.5 takeaways a game. That's, like you said, two interceptions and then a fumble every other game. That's second in the entire country. They're second in the country in takeaways a game, first in the country in total takeaways, um, and then they average 2.2 giveaways a game. 
which is 117. That's really bad. Incredible. So it's it's going to be like strength on weakness and weakness on strength in that in that regard. Or maybe I'm getting that wrong. Is yeah, it strength? Uh, Either way, we get what you mean. BYU doesn't turn the ball over, and we don't get turnovers. Liberty turns the ball over a lot, but also takes the ball away a lot. So that's something that I think is going to play a huge role in this game. I think BYU is more susceptible to turnovers than we've seen. Okay. Jaron Hall has been known to make decisions where he, he knows beforehand who he's going to throw to. The coverage is, is there, but he doesn't see it, and he still throws it right. USF, Arkansas. Um, the Notre Dame one, I don't even know. I don't even want to know. And we've shown that we fumble the ball. We just don't lose them, right? Yeah. I think that's going to change this game. I think we're going to have to be explosive on offense to account for the takeaways that Liberty is going to get from us. Yeah, and that's totally fair. Can we expect to see any more Max Tooley interceptions? I would hope so. I I think Max's, Max Tooley's interceptions, one was a great read on USF. Yeah. The other ones were batted at the line. Yeah. We are going to have to overpower the offensive line, which we should do. We should. We absolutely should. Our D-line is not good, but it is better than Liberty's offensive line. Except for Josh Nelson. We love you, Josh Nelson. Yes. Um, but make the freaking tackle on KJ Jefferson. Um, <laughs> Tyler Batty had him first. <laughs> no one had him first. <laughs> God had him first, and he, he carried him to a first down on third and 18. Anyway, um, we're going to have to get bad at passes. I think that's the way it's going to go. Our defense, clearly, if we do not get those tip balls, our zone has holes bigger than the Suez Canal. Mm. So I don't I don't know. I would expect to get at least one turnover off of that kind of thing, batted pass, maybe a fumble. Now, the key for our defense, really, is to, if we can't get them three and out, if we're going to let them get to our side of the, of the field, we need to let them get within the three-yard line but not score. Okay. Or get within the 10-yard line, sorry, and not score. Why? They are 0% on their field goals from zero from 1 to 19 yards. <laughs> Only 0 of 1, but still, they're 0%. <laughs> or we need to hold them to 30 and 39 yards. That sounds familiar. In which they are 25%. Or 50-plus, which they are 0 for 2. There are other sections where they are better. They're 2 of 2 from 20 to 29, 2 of 2 from 40 and 49. Okay. If you add all that together, their kicker is an incredible 5 of 11 on the year. That's 45%, which, if you believe it or not, that is worse than Jake Oldroyd and Justin Smith. Yep. BYU is 116th in the country in field goal made percentage. Liberty is 122nd. So, if it comes down to field goals... Neither team is winning the game. We're going overtime. Though they are perfect on extra points this year, 25 of 25. That is something that we cannot say. Yeah. <laughs> that is something we absolutely cannot say. Oh, um, my goodness. It, well, one last stat uh, before we get into kind of wrapping up with a little bit of prediction. Um, both teams average 30.5 offensive points per game. Yes. That discludes special teams and defense. Liberty's defense is at least a field goal better, a little bit more than a field goal better, in holding teams, like opponent uh, opponent scoring percentage. Okay. In fact, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, BYU is allowing 29.4 uh, opponent offensive points. Is, is that making sense? Yeah. I, I know it's a lot of ops and offs. Liberty is only allowing 21 Okay. Opponent offensive score. So their defense, statistically, is better than our defense. Sometimes I'll say that's skewed. But our defenses look so bad that I don't know if it's going to skew that in our favor at all. Their offense also does give up a touchdown a game, too, though. Yes. 
as we've seen with the turnovers. So I I think for me, as we kind of get into what will win the game, um, I think it's going to be our defense versus their offense. I, I think our offense is going to be able to score on them. I, I don't know if we're going to score 40 points, but we'll score probably 30-ish points. 35, I think, is a good number. Um, but it's going to come down to our defense. If we can get stops, if we can defend the deep pass, if we can stop the run, get off the field on third downs. I don't know. That's the matchup that I'm looking for as to who's going to win this game. Yeah, sure. They haven't given up a ton of points, but they've also played teams with absolutely no offense at all whatsoever. Southern Miss, UAB, Akron, UMass, Gardner-Webb. None of those teams have an offense. So I do think that we will be able to perform well defensively and at least have a... I don't know. They have a... We have a tendency to make mediocre offenses look incredible, but at home, on the road, we don't do that quite as much. So I do think our defense will be okay. Our offense is not going to break out. We're not going to blow anyone out just because that's what—that's who we are. We just don't do that, no matter what Aaron Roderick will tell you. So I think this will be a relatively close game, but I do think BYU ends up winning this one by about 10 points. Uh, in your book, is a win enough? Do you think BYU needs to cover the spread? Do we need to have a shutout? Like, Kind of as your ex- expectations going into the game... Do you just want to win, or do you want more? The spread is only seven. You should be able to cover that. Even if you don't, I just want to see you win. We've seen two straight losses. It's very frustrating. We don't want to see a third straight loss to take us to 500 on the season. That would really put us in disaster mode, I think. I just want to see you win, let the players see a W, and then at that point, move on to the next week, one game at a time. Style points don't matter anymore, because like I said, whether we're 6-6 six and six or 9-3, and three, we're going to the same bowl game. So, to me, just win the game. I'm with you. I don't care if we cover the spread. I don't care if we win by one point. I just want to win at this point because, honestly, with our teams coming up on our schedule, I worry if we'll make a bowl game. And I'm being honest. We play Appoise. We play Stanford, who just beat Notre Dame. That Notre Dame made us look like idiots, and Stanford made them look like idiots. Um, And then we play East Carolina at home on a Friday night. East East Carolina is a very good team. They've scored 50 points. Brisky. Like twice this season, I think, something like that. Brisky. Um, I just want to win. It would be awesome to find some sort of identity on offense or defense because we still don't really know who we are on either side of the ball. On defense, we know we're bad. On offense, we know that we change from game to game. But I want to see us establish a run game, establish kind of a rhythm in the game, especially in the first quarter, first half. Second quarter, we're still 131st in like run, or what is it, run yards per second quarter? Run yards per quarter in the second quarter, we are 131st. Yeah, see, that's bad. I do not want to see that. But... If we win the game, even if it's like a blocked PAT, ran back for two, uh, that's okay with me. Yep. It's okay with me, too. Any other thoughts on the game before we move on? Uh, it is going to be an exciting game. I don't think this is going to be a boring game. We came into the season. I thought this was going to be a pushover. I thought Liberty was not going to be good. I thought BYU was going to be great. Obviously, hot takes exposed. BYU sucks. And also, Liberty is 6-1. and one. Yep. So... Uh, I'm excited. I think this atmosphere as well for this game is going to be wild. It's gonna be a fun. One. It's going to be fun. Wish I was there, but I've also we've also lost every away game we've traveled to this year. So uh, that brings me day. that brings me to another note. This is the first game that I'll watch on TV. Oh, I've been at every single other game, so this is interesting. Very I, good. Maybe this is the turning point, right? Maybe the fact that I've been watching all these games in person or from the studio booth, whatever. Maybe that is the reason that we suck. Maybe I need to watch it on TV, just stay home, watch the game on TV. Maybe that's why. Superstitions are only weird if they don't work. We'll find out on Saturday. We will. Speaking of Saturday, I think it's time to get a little bit 
tipsy. I've already had two Mountain Dew voodoos today, so I'm a little past tipsy. I just had a Gatorade. Oh, glacier ice. Oh, so we're getting we're getting real tipsy here on the Royal Strong and True podcast. You guys know what the tipsy ten is. We are going at it. We already told you the record last week. Dan is up by two on Justin, who is up by two on Jared. Yep. Let's get tipsy. Let's get tipsy. All right. This first game. It is a great game. Friday night, 6 p.m., CBSSN. We got UAB Blazers going to the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, who are favored by two and a half on their blackout night. Amazing black uniforms. Literally all black, except for the number. Like, that is a dope blackout jersey. Yeah, that's nice. There's no fadoodling around. There's no white. It's just black and red. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Incredible. Unless you're Utah. Unless you're Utah, then it sucks. Yeah. But then they'll probably have some hand-painted helmet that looks weird. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, the winner of this game will take third place behind UTSA and North Texas in the Conference USA. Uh, it's a very tight race with those top four. All four of those teams are very good, have winning records. Uh, UNT and UTSA, 3 on conference. These two teams are 2-1. and one. Uh, Justin, how do you see this game going? Who are you going with? So, normally I would pick UAB in this one just because I am a UAB supporter at heart until they beat us in the ballgame. Now I'm a UAB hater. Okay. But uh, Western Kentucky is not the same as they were last year. Bailey Zappi's gone, though they do still have a pretty good offense. UAB, these are both good football teams. This will be a fun game to watch. Make sure you're turning in, you're tuning in 6 p.m. CBS Sports Network on Friday so you don't have any other games distracting you from it. But I'm going to pick Western Kentucky in this mm. one simply because they put the blob on the helmet. Ooh, they did not. What? They changed it. They changed it? Yes. They changed it to this helmet. It is red. They had a whole video where they changed it and they made like a costume change and they told the mascot and he like flipped out at him and threw stuff at him. But now it's an all black helmet with a glossy red face mask. And a glossy red Hilltopper logo with the hand carrying the thing. They pissed off the blob? They did. They did. Well, maybe that means the blob is in for some like high-key tomfoolery for okay. the entirety of the game. Getting, I would love that. Getting in UAB's head. So, give me Washington Kentucky anyway. Okay. I like it. I really like it. Um, this game, I think, is going to be very fun to watch because of the differences in these two offenses. UAB runs the ball 65% of the time, which is sixth nationally. That's a lot of times. And Western Kentucky is sixth nationally in throwing the ball, 61%. So completely different offenses. Western Kentucky is like 2019 LSU, blah, 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 blah. And UAB is like a classic Big Ten school, just running the ball all the time. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited. However, I'm going to choose UAB yeah. because Western Kentucky averages two giveaways per game. UAB averages two takeaways per game. I think that's going to be the difference, especially with UAB playing ball control, limiting possessions. I'm going to go with the Blazers on this one. Dan also went with the Blazers, and 74% of the fans went with the Blazers as well, so I am doing the service of saving us from a sweep. <laughs> hey, it worked out for you last week. Last week you won like every single one of your, your standalone. So Yes, and I plan on doing that again this week. <laughs> well, on Saturday, 10 a.m. ABC, we have 14 Syracuse, who is traveling to the fake Death Valley, to take on number five Clemsuck, who is favored by 13 and a half points. Once again, 74% of the fans are in favor of Clemson, and Dan, with a smile, with a uh, sad face, is in favor of Clemson as well. Jared, who are you taking in this game? This one, this one's hard. Syracuse, I love you. I love seeing Tucker. 
always pleased with your performances. I hate, I hate that I'm going to say this, but I just don't think they're that good. I really don't. They got the 10th Aww. ranked strength of record. Uh, they're a top 25 team in the FPI. They're a top 40 team in SP+. But I just I don't think they're good, man. They've won some weird games. The Virginia game, the Purdue game. Super, super weird. Their NC State win that kind of bumped them up the rankings. NC State's horrible. Does not yeah. deserve to be ranked. I hate this because, one, it goes against the principle that I have. Choosing Clemson. Two... This is Clemson's last challenge before the playoff. If they win this game, they're going to the playoff, right? There's no other teams on their schedule that scare me. The other division in the the Atlantic division, I think it is, I don't know, don't care. The entire ACC is trash, aside for Clemson, and the two teams that they've already beaten, Wake Forest, and a healthy NC State team. So, unfortunately, I'll be taking Clemson, which, unfortunately, means they'll be in the playoff. I just... Please, please let me be wrong. Forget. I'm going with Sean Tucker, Robert, and I. Good old Bob and Syracuse. Okay. I'm once again, saving us from the sweep. <laughs> Maybe you guys should take some notes from me. <laughs> Honestly, I think this is a very good matchup for Syracuse. Syracuse has a actually good offense. Clemson has a very good defense, but we've seen Clemson's offense has struggled greatly in games against competent defenses. That they are. Syracuse's defense is competent. Now, in ACC play, Syracuse beat Louisville 31-7. Virginia is a weird game because it's another orange team. So, <laughs> can't really count it. Clemson is an orange team. Clemson is also a weird, is an orange team, which will make it a weird game, which plays to Syracuse's favor, Ooh. which is why I am going with Syracuse in this game. Good pick, Justin. I hope you're right. I just... I hope you're right. I just have to go with Clemson because I'm like four games down on Dan, two on you. So I got to make up ground somehow. But I would love to choose Syracuse. I hope that I am wrong. I will say this. Okay. Syracuse played NC State last week. Yes. Okay. Only allowed nine points. Yes. Not bad, right? Clemson also played NC State. Yes. Okay. And they both played at home. Yep. Okay. Clemson allowed 20 points. True. So maybe their defense isn't quite as good as we think. Uh, my one counter to that will be NC State last week. Did not have Devin Leary and several other key playmakers. Fair enough. But Clemson also took overtime to beat Wake Forest. And Syracuse would beat Wake Forest by 6,000. So, just saying. <laughs> um, here's something that might. This is going to hurt your eyes. Clemson. Orange, right? A bright orange. For breast cancer awareness, they are wearing pink accessories. I'm fine with that. Bright, hot pink with a bright orange, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I, I don't like that, and I hope that plays in Syracuse's favor. You know what? Yeah, no. Syracuse, I, I'm, I'm fine with the pink. I don't really care. Breast cancer awareness, I feel like you get a pass for that. Yeah. But orange on orange, weird game, plays in Syracuse's favor. Give me Bob. Okay, okay. Uh, let us move on to the next game. Uh, LSU is playing host to number seven Ole Miss. Ole Miss is supposedly very good. They have played absolutely no one. Yep. They have also not looked great in the teams or against the teams that they should have beaten nope. by a lot. Mm-mm. My one thing for this game, I think no matter what happens in this game, uh, by the way, this is a 130 kick on CBS. Chip Patterson does. Um, no matter what happens in this game, it will be about LSU. 
If Ole Miss wins, it'll be about how Brian Kelly is bad. They play bad at home, blah, 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 blah. If LSU wins, it's all going to be about Brian Kelly and how he's turned the program around and they've had a rocky start the season. So I think Ole Miss is kind of coming in as kind of this no one's really talking about them. They haven't beaten anybody. They've kind of just flown under the radar until they got to seven somehow. They're catching one and a half points on the road at LSU. And I know LSU is at home, but I don't know. They haven't looked that good. Uh, Dan, he's going with Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. The fans going with Ole Miss, 83%. Mm -hmm. Ole Miss, by the way, doing their red game. They're wearing bright red uniforms with uh, red trim on the helmets and uh, pants. Justin, who are you taking in this game between the Rebels and the Tigers? So this game is in the real Death Valley. The real one, yes. Which is which is good. Okay. How do we decide that, by the way? Uh, we, we just did. Okay. Because, because Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. And we right. hate Clemson. That's so right. Clemson sucks. Go Tigers. Clemson suck. Go Tigers. Uh, go Joe. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think I'm going to have to be a contrarian again and go with LSU on this one. I, I'm not like... I'm not... Huge on LSU. Okay, I need to hear your reasoning though because this is interesting. I think Ole Miss is just—they're a wolf in sheep's. They're a sheep in wolf's clothing. <laughs> yes, they are a sheep <laughs> in wolf's clothing. Okay, I like that. They are not good. They're—they're they're good. They're not great. Yeah. Them and LSU—they're on the same tier. And here is my point: the SEC just means more. Scripts out their college football season. Just saying. Conspiracy theory. Alabama doesn't need a challenger. Because they already lost to Tennessee, who was their challenger. Their challenger. Their challenger. <laughs> so now, they already have one loss. So if Ole Miss has one loss, they are still a challenger to Alabama when they play later in the season. Which gives Ole Miss a chance to lose, which I think is this game. Interesting. It's a very conspiracy theory theory. But, uh, yeah. It's conspiracy theory theory. I that, like that. That's what we're going with. So, uh, Justin's going with LSU in this one. Interesting. Um... I love Ole Miss because of the powder blue. The fact that they're wearing red, though, I just, I don't know. I I agree that LSU and Ole Miss are probably similar, except Ole Miss has a better head coach and a better quarterback and a better offense. Let me tell you this. Before you say your final decision. Okay, I would like to hear this. What happened when BYU tried to wear its cool uniforms on the road? Uh, <laughs> Case in point. <laughs> um, this is what I'm going to go with. Jaden Daniels, he loves to scramble, hates to actually throw the ball, right? As we saw with Arizona State last year. Ole Miss has a huge advantage when defending the pass. LSU, 113th in sacks allowed, which is a lot. And Ole Miss is 18th in sacks per game. I know I'm getting very analytical. But I don't like Brian Kelly. Fair. So I'm going to go with Ole Miss. I like Lane Kiffin. I love their offense. They they are third nationally in tempo. They they uh, run a play twice as fast as the play clock. So I like that. Give me Ole Miss. So I really am a contrarian. Uh, I've been the one different than everyone else on literally every single of the last three picks. Let's see if that trend continues. It actually won't because the next game is Georgia Southern who is taking on Old Dominion. Old Dominion is a two-point favorite. Dan and the fans are split on this one. Old Dominion is picked by Dan. Georgia Southern picked by the fans. Interesting. This is a the, our our thing is like wigging out our uh, yeah. our, our script here. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's a one thirty game on ESPN Plus. You actually don't want to miss this game though. 
I would have this one pulled up on your phone or something. It's going to be an exciting game. Old Dominion, a newcomer to the Sun Belt this year, and yep. they've already beaten Coastal. And they beat Coastal. It, it, it wasn't a close game. They beat them by 28. Yeah. And this is Coastal Carolina. This is the team of the Sun Belt that everybody knows besides App State, right? And they beat them by 28. And it was on the road. Yep. Uh, Old Dominion at home beat Virginia Tech, who is a Power 5 team. Uh, they also lost uh, to Liberty at home. Interesting. Georgia Southern plays a brand of shootout football that is very interesting. They throw the ball a ton. They allow a ton of points and allow a ton of uh, yards against them. Old Dominion, not great at stopping the pass. You might even call it a weakness. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see how this game goes. I'm going to take Georgia Southern okay. because I don't think Old Dominion's offense is good enough to keep up with Georgia Southern. Who's going to put up points on this bad uh, defense? Here's where the game is going to be won. Uh, or where it could be won in favor of Old Dominion. Georgia Southern, very bad at protecting the ball. As you would expect with a team that's going to throw the ball a lot, right? Yeah. On the road, they have a turnover margin of negative 2.3. That is last in the FBS. Oh. At home, Old, Demi- Old Dominion, Old Demis, <laughs> Old Dominion, plus 1.7, which is 12th in FBS. So if this were to go the other way, it would be in turnovers, but I still am going to ch- pick Georgia Southern, who tweeted out a, a video for their uniforms that just had a ghost emoji and a box opening in a graveyard. So okay. give me Georgia Southern. I got the good vibes. All right, fair enough. Uh, give me Georgia Southern as well. Let's go. Old Dominion, let me, you know, this is not the most analytical approach to this, but I have never gotten any successes by being analytical, just by following my heart. <laughs> Uh, let's talk a little bit about Old Dominion's football schedule, okay? Start out the year with a huge win over Virginia Tech, lose the next game. Yep. Then they lose again. Get a huge come-from-behind victory versus Arkansas State, where they stop them on downs at the end to win the game. Next game, they lose. Win a big game after that, what does the pattern suggest? Another loss. Old Dominion, I feel like they're just that weird team that beats teams better than them, and loses to teams worse than them. And there's no in-between. Sounds familiar. I do think Georgia Southern is not as good a team as Old Dominion. For that reason, I think Georgia Southern will win. Interesting. I like the 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 contra... Not contraceptive. The ah, counterintuitive. Yes. The contraceptive. <laughs> the counterintuitive pick. Um, also, Old Dominion fired me after winning 10 games there. Yeah, screw Old Dominion. We hate so, Old Dominion. Yep. Uh, uh, Taylor Heineke, cool though. But, uh, uh, yes, cool. Also starting for the Washington Commanders. Uh, may he do the very best, but may his team lose to Georgia Southern this week. Taylor Heineke, the GOAT. Uh, will we see burritos fly in this game, as uh, they did in the Georgia Southern game last year? Interesting. It's an Old Dominion, so probably not, but I would love that. I feel like burritos are being thrown by a strange amount of universities. Utah State, also known for throwing burritos. Interesting. I feel like burritos should be thrown by one university. And there should be a national council that decides who that university is. Okay. Like, do you have a specific university in mind? Or just... No. We just... Everyone we, should vote. We just choose one. And that becomes their thing. Like, Mississippi State with the cowbells. You just, like, roll into, like, Arizona State. And they're just, like, hucking burritos at you. Yep. We can override any team's pre-established tradition as well by voting them the burrito school. Okay. What if BYU became the burrito school? 
I mean, it could get kind of messy just because, you know, Cafe Rio, Costa Vida, they might be enchilada-style burritos. Those are massive. That mm. could do some damage. Some Rancherito burritos. Mm. Very large as well. Much grease. Yes, yes, yes. Could do some real damage. All right. Uh, let's start that. Maybe maybe they'll put that in NCAA uh, 23 or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, maybe you can have the option to throw burritos. Yeah, like sports college football. Like the weather settings, it should be like, mm. like light precipitation. Regular precipitation, high precipitation, or burrito precipitation. I, I like that. Just It's the burrito game. Burritation. Or you don't even choose. It just happens to you randomly. Yeah. There's just burritos <laughs> flying everywhere. Just a key game. Boom. Burrito in the burrito face of game. your quarterback. <laughs> uh, your quarterback let's... slips on some beans and tears his ACL. <laughs> let's move on. Yep. Uh, next is the game of the weekend. Probably. Maybe. I would say so. Yeah. If, no, it, uh, it is. Excluding BYU, right? Uh, <laughs> Number eight, UCLA, going to play number 10, Oregon. Uh, great game. College game day is going to be there. Great uniform matchup as well. Uh, UCLA with the gold helmets and the classic like white with the, the powder blue. Oregon doing a blackout again because last time it was a brownout. Yeah, BYU game. Mm-hmm. Going black with pink numbers and pink wings on the helmet, but with yellow trim elsewhere. Interesting. Obviously, for breast cancer awareness. Uh, I just think it's kind of an interesting combo. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what you think. Like, of. if you're gonna go with the pink, at least go like all the way throughout the uniform. That's that's what I'm saying with Clemson, right? Like, don't do orange and pink together. Do just pink. Yeah. I, but uh, Oregon, they, they probably will pull it off. Our spreadsheet here is pink. Uh, true. Breast cancer awareness. True. That reminds me, I didn't update the point spreads. But oh, oh well, that's fine. It's not like we're betting cheese on these anyway. No, we're not. Uh, anyway. Sorry, Elliot. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Winner takes first place in the Pac-12. Yep. Huge. Big time. Oregon tried to erase that first loss to Georgia. Do you think they can really wash out that much red? Loki? Avengers? Huh. Interesting. I don't don't know if they can. Maybe not in this game, but do you think if they were to beat UCLA, maybe win out, win the Pac-12, do you think that would take away from the Georgia loss, or do you think that would still keep them out of the playoff? No, they're not going to get penalized for losing the Georgia week one of the season. They're really not. Uh, on this one, the fans, 73% of them chose Oregon. Okay. Dan chose UCLA. I would like to share a message from my brother, John, uh, who has a quote that he would like shared. I don't know. Maybe he didn't want it shared, but I'm going to share it anyway. (laughs) To anyone who voted for Oregon. Quote, piss off to anyone who chose Oregon. End quote. Okay. I'm going to second his motion. I think UCLA is a legit football team. I think they're actually pretty dang good. I think Chip Kelly's bringing them back. <clears throat> Chip Kelly's back. We're visor back. on. The visor is on. Oregon, I just... I'm tired of Oregon. Like, I don't know what it is. Oregon, I'm, I'm just tired of them. Just all, all their crap. Maybe it's because they blew up BYU whatever. <laughs> maybe. I'm tired of their crap. I just want their university to cease existing at this, po- at this moment in time. So for that reason, I'm choosing UCLA. Uh, okay. Good pick. The what is course I was like? Good pick. I don't even know if I answered your question, Jared, but I just said a bunch <laughs> of random stuff and now I'm gonna ask you a question. Okay. Are you with the teenage bears or the corkscrew ducks? The corkscrew ducks. If you know, you know. Okay. <laughs> hey. Um Chip Kelly has never beaten Oregon. You know that? I did not know that. Well I mean, it's kind of an unfair comparison because he coached Oregon. But a long time. 
Yeah, but in his, like, what is it, four or five years at UCLA, he's never beaten Oregon. Yeah, but UCLA also sucked nards. That's true. Uh, I think this may be his first win against his former team. Oregon does have a 22 straight home game win streak, which is pretty interesting. Um, I think where this game will be decided is on when UCLA has the ball and Oregon is on defense. Uh-huh. UCLA bullied Utah. What did Utah do to Oregon last year? Bully Oregon. And Utah, we know, is not the same team this year. They're not quite as physical. They're not quite as good. But just watching UCLA bully Utah, that just that tells me that this UCLA team is for real. Charbonnet came from Michigan. He knows about Big Ten football. Oh, he, he does? He runs in a Big Ten football style. I remember we were watching the Utah game, and he's running down the sideline. Could have stepped out, right, after like a 35, 40-yard gain, and there's like a safety coming up to push him out. Instead of just kind of w- walking out, he turns his head towards the Utah safety and lowers it and trucks the dude. Like, he craves contact. He's a physical runner. DTR, we obviously know, is very electric. He's basically... DTR is playing at Bo Nix's ceiling. Yeah. If Bo Nix plays his best, he That's will be DTR. playing at where B- DTR is playing right now. Yep. Give me freaking UCLA and the Bruins. I think this is going to be a great game, but I think UCLA ends up winning this thing. I think they cover the spread handily. Oh. It's like a six, six and a half point spread. I think UCLA will cover that in the other direction. I think they're winning by two scores in the end. Oh, excuse me, Jared. Yes. Goodness gracious me, oh my. UCLA. And I agree with you. I'm also sick of Oregon. How do they have all that freaking money, the freaking facilities, the freaking uniforms, zero national titles? Zero. They suck. You do not deserve all that you have, Dan Lanning. You little nothing frat boy. I do not like Dan Lanning, by the way. No, I'll say this. After watching the press conferences after the BYU game, he is like the entitled frat boy that wears polos and punches kids because they said his mom smells like pickles. I I do not like that man. He is... Sorry. I'm going to get on my soapbox. Give me UCLA. His breath smells like probably cracked pepper spits. Uh, whatever they're called. Uh, Tobacco? Seeds. Oh, okay. Or tobacco. Probably both with a lot of booze mixed in. Yep. All right. Anyway. But we're not accusing him of being an alcoholic, but we are accusing him of being just literally the scum of the earth. Yes. We do not like him. I think that should suffice. Who's worse? Randy Bennett or Dan Lanning? Uh, I think we'll have to see Dan Lanning uh, take a punch in the face. Because we know that Randy Bennett, when he takes a punch in the face, he's like pseudo, like pseudo respectable. Yeah. But like you know that he's... St. Mary's coach, and he's got like that kind of bite, back bite and talk. I got to see Dan Lanning take a whooping at the hands of UCLA before we can make that decision. All right, fair enough. On that same time, 1.30 p.m. on ABC, we have the University of We're Back, who is a six-point road favorite versus number 11, Oklahoma State. Interesting. This is our only road favorite of the Tipsy 10 this week. Crazy. Crazy stuff. Speaking of on the road. 20-plus mile-an-hour wins expected for this game. Huh? That's wild. That is wild. Um, I don't know if that affects you taking the under of 62. Uh, maybe you want to take the team that runs the ball better, probably Texas. Uh, I don't know. For me, this game is about two things. One, OK State coming off their tough loss to TCU. They were leading the Big 12. Now they're not. They kind of want to get back. They want to win the Big 12 because they got literally within inches last year. 
And Texas, they still want to compete as well. They only have one Big 12 loss. Uh, both of these teams are kind of in the same boat. Texas, as a power rating standpoint, is a much better team, but hasn't exactly shown it. Uh, however, they are on a revenge tour as a team. The, one yeah. of their team goals this year was to beat every single team that beat them last year. Oklahoma State is one of those teams. Justin, who are you taking in this one? This is an interesting game because I do think that Oklahoma State is a good overall team, but at the end of the day, they have Spencer Sanders at quarterback. Yes, which he's injured. We don't know if he's going to play. Interesting. So if he doesn't play, that could change my pick. But I'm just going to assume that he is going to play. Quinn Ewers is playing. Yes. And Quinn Ewers, he's not throwing the ball a lot, but he's doing well in that offense. You can see him have that electricity. Yeah. The offense doesn't really change a ton when he's on the field. Like When you compare um, when Card was quarterback to when Ewers is quarterback – there's not a ton of statistical differences. In fact, Card was playing a little bit better, almost. But, like you said, he has that talent. He has that explosiveness. Yeah, so I'm really torn on this one because they did beat Iowa State 24-21, but that's all they had to do. They blew the doors off of Oklahoma. Oklahoma State, uh, I, I, just, I just don't know where they're going to be. Coming off that loss to TCU, this is a weird one for me. I honestly am torn. I'm torn on this one, so I'm going to go with just classic good old-fashioned bias and hatred towards one university, which drives me to picking Oklahoma State. I am 100% with you for that exact same reason. I think this is going to be a lot closer than people think. Oklahoma State has a good offense, bad defense. Texas has a mediocre offense, mediocre defense. It's going to be interesting. Interesting note on this one. Both teams apparently are going whiteout. Yeah. According to their game posts this week, I was doing the uniform matchups on Twitter and looking up all these things. Texas, all white. Oklahoma State, also all white. So I don't know who's actually going to wear colors. I assume Oklahoma State will because it's homecoming for them. It's usually when you wear your team's colors or a specialty uniform, as we saw with BYU. Um, but I don't, I don't know. That's, that's just what I'm seeing online. I don't expect it to actually end up like that, but fun fact. Now that is extremely interesting. I don't even know what to say about that. (laughs) Uh, anyway, last thing, when Texas wins, they have 90 more rush yards than when they lose. When they lose, they give up more than 50 rush yards a game and two yards a carry. In losses. So it all boils down to Texas whether or not they can stop the run and run the ball. If if they can't do either of those, they're going to lose the football game. And the thing is, Oklahoma State, all over the place running the ball. So we don't really know what we're going to get. But like we said, in the end, you got to go with the team that's going to stay in the Big 12, not leave to the SEC as a money whore. Yep, absolutely. Then at 5 p.m. on the CBS Sports Network, we have the Boise City Broncos who are traveling to Colorado to take on the Air Force Academy, who is a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. Dan, on this one, is taking the Air Force Academy. Uh, 50.1% of the fans are taking Air Force as well. We should mention, uh, sorry, I guess we kind of missed this one. Dan took Texas, and the fans also took Texas on the previous pick. So, Jared, who are you taking, Boise State or Air Force? JK, you already know where I'm going. I'm going with Air Force. There's no way in heck that I'm choosing Boise State to ever win a football game. I hate them. Uh, One thing that gives me pause, uh, Air Force. Really confusing losses, Wyoming 
Utah State. Both on the road. They're playing at home this this year, uh, undefeated at home, right? Um, Boise State's both losses have come on the road. But what gives me pause? Bye-bye, Bachmeyer. Yeah. Bachmeyer left, and since then, Boise State has turned to the run game, probably because they don't trust their backup as much, and they have discovered they are a much better team when they are running the football. Their passing game has suffered a little bit. Not a huge drop-off, as you would expect, but with rushing the ball more. They are rushing the ball for more than 200 yards more than what they were when Bachmeyer was the quarterback. Gosh dang. Again, passing game, comparable, a little bit worse, but comparable. Rushing the ball 200 yards a game more. Also, almost two and a half yards per play better as a complete offense without Bach, Bachmeyer. Gosh and dang. 17 and a half points better per game scoring the ball Gosh without Bachmeyer. Dang. So that's what gives me pause, but I'm still going with Air Force because I can't pick Boise State. You just can't. Gosh dang. Um, I was going to choose Air Force, but now it looks like it's a clean sweep. Um, gosh dang. Uh, I'm going to go with Air Force anyway, though. Uh, nice. It's going to be our first clean sweep of the Tipsy 10 this week. We'll see what happens with it. I'm choosing Air Force simply because Boise is not a state. But exactly. Air is a force. Yep. Uh, Air Force's uniforms, by the way. Oh, it's I Air- just, I love the bolt and the royal blue. That's that's how you do it. They, they service it academies all have beautiful uniforms. Yes. Shout out to them. Yep. They understand tradition. Uh, speaking of tradition, we have a great tradition as our next game. It is the annual Penn State whiteout game. Let's freaking go! Happy Valley is going to be rocking. Uh, Penn State number sixteen coming off that brutal loss to Michigan. They got beat up like really bad. They got kingpin smashed in that one. Minnesota comes in kind of overrated, maybe a little bit, but it's a very even matchup. Penn State currently favorite four and a half points favorite. Um, 530 ABC. Fans, 94%. Overwhelming majority in favor of Penn State. Daniel is also going with Penn Saint. Um, this is an interesting game. I, I'm really excited for this because I just I love Penn State whiteout games. Um, Justin, who are you taking in this one? Do you think Minnesota has a shot at all? Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Penn State is a fraud and will lose this game. Oh. I'm going with Minnesota in this one. I'm rowing the boat. Minnesota is not a good team when it comes to throwing the ball. Guess what? Against Penn State, you don't need to throw the ball. All you need to do is run, and that is what Minnesota is best at. Penn State, Penn Saint, I think they got a little bit exposed versus Michigan. And I think they're going to get exposed again versus Minnesota. I think Minnesota's going to win this game. And the and, and, and the, 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 whatever Lions they are, are going to lose. Uh, Penn State does usually play closer games in wideouts. Granted, they're against usually great opponents. But they don't play as well during wideouts as they do against or in normal other games. So that plays in your favor. Penn State is wearing an alternate uniform huh? for this game. Huh? It is wildly different huh? than their normal ones. Take a look at it right here. It is completely different. Huh? There's literally nothing different about it. It's literally the exact same. No, the, I, was, I was confused for a second. <laughs> no, there's a couple differences, but they're very, very small. They made this huge deal out of like they're playing in their, what is it, Generations of Greatness game with these alternate unis. Literally all that is different 
is that the sleeves have white trim and there is like a faded Nittany Lion logo on the thighs of the pants. Oh. And that's literally it. Oh. When I saw this, I was like, oh my gosh, Penn State's finally doing something other than their classic uniforms. No, they're not. That's it's, lame. it's still just white with a gray face mask and the, the stripe and the number. And they, they are putting numbers on the side, which that one's, that's new, right? Numbers on the side of the helmet. But yeah, I just thought that was funny. Um, anyway, get this. Minnesota is number one in third down offense and third down defense. That's crazy. <laughs> and they have the funny thing is, too, they're perfect numbers. They perfectly, two of three, out of every three third downs, they're converting two of them, right? 66.6666667. And on defense, they're only allowing one in every four, a clean 25%. That bodes well because Penn State is not explosive, right? They're not going to get a ton of big plays. However, I'm picking Penn State. Nah. I can't go against Penn State. Penn State is much better in turnover margin. They protect the ball much better than Minnesota does. They take the ball away way more than Minnesota does. Honestly, this is going to be a prove-it game for Penn State. They are coming off that massive loss, and Minnesota is like your Walmart version of Michigan. Just loves to run the ball and is going to try and beat you up. Is Penn State for real? Like, if you're saying real as a championship contender, no. But are they still that third-best team in the Big Ten? We're going to find out, and I think it's going to happen. I think Penn State's going to win this one in a very close one. Spreads four and a half. I think I would take Minnesota ATS, but Penn State outright does All right, fair enough. Next up, we at 6 p.m. on Fox Sports 1, we have Kansas State traveling to Fort Worth, Texas to take on the number eight TCU Horned Frogs, who are three-and-a-half-point home favorite. An overwhelming majority, once again, chose TCU to win this game, 94%. Dan is choosing TCU as well. I'm just going to jump right ahead and say TCU by a billion because of the crazy frog that MP4 video they posted, <laughs> which is obviously going to give them 6 million power. So, yeah, give me TCU in this one. Jared, who are you taking? They got like the plus 6 million power bonus yep. on their fighting card or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These teams are tied for the lead in the Big 12, which if you ask me before the season, who would be the two teams tied? I would not say Kansas State and TCU. That it, It's wild to me. TCU, they went with those really dope, like – Horn frog black with the red and the purple uniforms. They're going all black this week. It's super, super dope. It's going to be a night game. Blackouts work at night. Mm-hmm. Um, they got the horn frog on the helmet. I always love it when they put the frog on the helmet instead of like the logo or something. Um, and they got like the Black Panther like horn frog beard thing, right? Yeah. But it looks like the Black Panther necklace. Yep. It's in purple. Oh, their uniforms are so, so sick. TCU hasn't beaten Kansas State. Since 2018. Hmm. This is the year that changes. TCU, although they have come off of a big stretch beating teams like SMU, Oklahoma, Kansas, Oklahoma State. Those are all great teams. Four-game stretch, right? They're tired. People are saying they can't keep up. They can't keep this up and win the Big 12. They are definitely keeping it up. I, I don't know where this is coming from, really, but I felt myself over the last couple of years just drawn more and more to TCU. Yeah, me Defin- too. Definitely this year. Obviously, because they're good, they got cool uniforms. I like, what's his name, Sonny Dykes. I, yeah, I think he's great. Nice, he's cool. Obviously, Max Duggan is incredible. Incredible story. Quentin Johnson is a great wideout. But I think it stems from my Mountain West days. Because we would fight Utah. We'd also fight TCU. TCU would beat the crap out of us every single year. Yeah. Or every other year, I guess. Mm. Um but I just remember cheering for TCU against Utah. And I think that's where it comes from. It was like TCU was like 
you root for them in every single game except for the game they're playing you, right? That kind of yeah, thing. Kind of sure. like Ohio State and Michigan for me. Um, whereas Utah's the exact opposite. You want them to lose to ULM and everything. So I just, I'm loving this TCU team. I want them to win the Big 12. I want them to go to the playoff. I don't care. I just, I love this team, their style, their personality, the jerseys, the coach. I Give me the freaking Horned Frogs by a million. For me, I think all my love for Oregon has been transferred to TCU. <laughs> I just, for whatever reason, I suddenly hate the heck out of Oregon and love TCU. So, Frogs by a million. All right, I like it. Uh, speaking of, they both like to run the ball, but in a very different way. Yeah. Just a, this is a little nugget for you guys out there. Kansas State, decent amount of runs per game, decent yards per carry, number 12 in the country, 13th in rush yards per game. But TCU, even though they're much more explosive-oriented, uh, 7.3 yards per play, 8.3 yards per carry, wild that you're averaging more yards per rush play than pass play. That's insane. Yeah. That's number one in the country, by the way, 8.3 yards per carry. And 239 yards or rush yards per game, which is ninth in the country. So TCU, although they play up-tempo, they love the explosive plays, they run the frick out of the ball. So I'm excited to watch this game. It's going to be kind of like two prize fighters just punching it out in purple in the night sky in, in Fort Worth. Uh, I'm excited for this game, but give me TCU. All right, fair enough. We finish off with a 1.30 p.m. game on ESPNU. We kind of already talked about it. BYU, who is a seven-point road favorite, traveling to play Liberty. The fans, 75% of them chose BYU, which you know means we have to read out the names of some people that are banished from listening to the rest of this episode, except actually maybe not this time because we kind of understand yeah, I, I'm not going to hold it against any of these people because if I were just to vote on Instagram, I definitely would vote for Liberty. Yeah, and but we're still going to call you out so the rest of the fans can give you hate. Uh, Absolutely. Because that's what we do. We yep. uh, like exposing people much uh, like we expose ourselves. Not the way Antonio <laughs> Brown exposes himself, but in the cold takes exposed kind of way. Exactly. Um, I was going to say something, but I can't remember it. So let's just continue on. Uh, mom and sister, Katie and Jenny Call. Uh, you guys. Banished. Banished. Turn it off right now. Hilario Cruz. Deja de escucharnos. Prohibido. Prohibido. Como la prohibición. Con el alcohol. I guess. No más. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, ju and just like the prohibition, it'll be overturned right afterwards so that you can't. Exactly. Listen. And it means nothing. People are going to do it anyway and keep listening. So this is basically like prohibition. We should just call this the prohibition part. Okay. Prohibition okay. part. Pro prohibition part. As um, much as this hurts us, yep. Mark Stroud, get the frick out of this episode. Or you keep listening. Don't blame him. That's cool. like we said. Honestly, yeah. Understood. And then also Trevor Daniels, uh, which Trevor Daniels is a constant BYU hater. Also, 3-0 and when picking against BYU. So maybe he knows something. <laughs> yeah, he's got the game script. Um, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Huh? We like accountability here. Unlike the BYU football program, we make everyone accountable for what goes wrong. Yep. So we're making these people accountable by reading their names out to the public. Um, do not cause them bodily harm, but you can send them funny DMs about how they look like frogs. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So the 75% of you that voted BYU, good for you. Uh, Dan <laughs> chose BYU to win this game 37-31. to 31. Interesting score. Presumably a missed extra point in there. Uh, and a field goal, maybe? 
I don't know. I don't know what the math is for him. But BYU by six. Push slash not covering. Uh, For me, I'm going BYU wins 34-33. Also a weird score because BYU is going to miss a PAT. Liberty is going to miss two PATs. Mm. So we get the win by one. Uh, I'm not very confident. I think it's going to be a very close game. I don't know if this is going to be the score. Liberty likes explosive plays, but we don't give up explosive plays that often. At least, well, we don't give up explosive touchdown plays, right? We give up explosive third down and long conversions. Um, But I think it's going to be a little higher scoring than people are thinking. Uh, So give me BYU, but Liberty to cover. Fair enough. I think we're going to win this game 38-24. I do think we'll be one of two from field goal range. Okay. Uh, Jake Oldroyd's going to miss like a 17-yarder, but then make like a 52-yarder. I'd love that. That would be hilarious. That's just the way it's, it's going to go. Uh, I think our offense is going to be about the same as it was last week. Uh, complacent, I think is a good word for it. Okay. Just with scoring once every other drive. You know, and then they'll get a three and out on the next drive. Uh, it's going to be an ugly game, in my opinion. I do think maybe one of these scores for BYU will be defensive, but give me a 38-24 to victory over the Flames. All right. I like that. What will decide the game, in your opinion? What is the one single factor? When it comes down to it, we can point to this and say that's why BYU won the game. I'm going to have to say the defense, because I think our offense is going to be able to put up points regardless, but it's whether or not our defense can take the ball away from a team who turns it over twice a game. I like that. I was going to go along the exact same vein as that. We're going to need turnovers. If Liberty likes to throw the deep ball, put us in man coverage, dude. Give me Jacob Robinson, who's on like six posters this year. But he's playing Liberty, okay? He's playing well. Like, he's the he's reason playing he's really on, well. The reason he's on posters is because he's in position every time. Yes, exactly. And let's be honest. The Notre Dame one... And the Oregon one, he could have turned his head, but either way, those guys are going to catch the ball because the throw is beautiful, and also the guys are like a foot and a half taller than him, right? Yep. So the, maybe that's a scheme problem. Anyway, Jacob Robinson, uh, Caleb Hayes, D'Angelo Mandel, freaking get the ball, guys! Taylor Alfrey. Shut up. <laughs> they are going to throw the deep ball. Our corners need to stick in man coverage, not covering the stupid flats. This gets me so furious. I'm about to go off right now. I can feel it bubbling up inside me. We have some of the best corners that BYU has ever freaking had, and we are sitting them in the flats in zone coverage. Seven yards off the ball. Please tell me why. I so frustrating. We come out. It's third and two, okay? And we run an entire hockey line change against Arkansas. Third and two from, like, our own 48. Entire hockey line change. We need to get off the freaking field. And we put completely cold guys in. And then what do they do? They line up with three guys on the short side of the field. Of course it's going to be a wide receiver screen. What do we do? We got one corner. No one else. No linebackers. No safeties. Not even freaking Uriah Leatawa who played in the flats 90% of last season. We have one, one corner and he's eight yards off the ball on a third and two with two blockers ahead of him. They get like 16 yards. Please. Please let our corners do their job. Put them in man coverage. Gabe Judy Lolly was second in the SEC and passes allowed or completions allowed against him, and yet you have him playing freaking zone in the freaking flats all freaking night. Please play man. Honestly, our defense is comical. <laughs> it really is. Uh, my last comment before we head out is this is going to be a very uh, weird week for me again. For the third week straight, I'm either going to go 10-0 and or 0-10. So. 
let's see. Justin is going against the grain. Our uh, script is completely messed up, so I don't know what. But at least oh, one, one game, two, three. Two game, three games. Mm, so you're, four games. So you're against uh, Unity with me and Daniel on four games. But then there's a couple of them where it's two and one. Where you're with... I'm, I'm against all three in four games. The Minnesota-Penn State right. pick... LSU versus Ole Miss, Syracuse, Clemson, and Western Kentucky, UAB. Yes, and then the Georgia Southern and Oklahoma State one, it's me and you versus Dan. Yep. All right. I, I guess I'm not agreeing with Dan on anything other than uh, the ones that we swept on, huh? UCLA, Air Force, and TCU-BOU. Yeah. This is going to be an interesting week. It really will be. Um, my last thought, get off the field on third downs. If we, <laughs> What a concept. If we can get our defense off the field on third downs... We'll, we'll, we'll be made. We will get the game. I don't care how many explosive plays they get. If we get off the field on third downs, we win the game. Let me just say this. When I control the defense on NCAA, which is incredibly hard, it's completely rigged against yeah. the user interface on the defense. Yeah. I have a better defense in NCAA than BYU does in real life. Do you know how much that's saying? Do you know how bad my NCAA defense is? Do you know how many 60-yard touchdown runs we give up because seven tackles were broken? Do you even understand? And BYU's defense is somehow even worse than that. Yep. Nonsense. I, it is nonsense. It's complete and utter baloney. Uh, yeah, there's not much else to say here. I don't know. Uh, I'm excited for the weekend of college football, though, because this weekend is going to be wild. There's, I, I feel like this has been this way in the last couple of games. We're just rambling at this point, so you can turn it off if you want. Yeah. But... There's so many 130 games. All of the good games are yeah. at 130, and then there's like one or two good ones in the five o'clock, two or three good ones in the in the 10 a.m. And then the late night, it's like one game maybe, and it's like San Diego State, Nevada. Yeah. This week we get Washington and Cal, which <laughs> we need more late night games. I feel like we need a a more diverse like slate of games because BYU's playing at 130. We're not going to watch all these six other games. I want four good ones at noon. Two good ones at 1.30, four good ones at 5, two at 10.30, or 8.30, whatever it is. Yeah, they need to divorce, divorceify. Yeah. They need to diversify the time slots. Yes, 100%. Is she going to lead to that? Maybe they will later in the season. I don't know. We'll see. Speaking of all these wonderful games, you will not want to miss a single one. One way you can avoid on missing those is by looking at the weekend watch guide, which will be posted on our website, royalstrongandtrue.com. RoyalStrongAndTrue.com, there you will find links to all of our social media and you will find the Weekend Watch Guides put together by Jared every single week. They are wonderful. People always leave raving reviews about them. If you haven't checked them out yet, check them out. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal2RoyalPod. If you listen this far in the episode, comment the word paint. That's an interesting word choice. Is there anything that went into that decision? I'm looking at three paintings on the wall that my wife painted. Oh, those are very, uh, very good. Thank you, thank you. I'll, I'll let her know you said that. Uh, she listens to the podcast, so she'll she'll hear it she'll later. Know. Hey, Katie, great, 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 great. Download the episode, share it with your friends, and we will see you next time after a BYU victory. Please, please, please let it be a victory. Otherwise, we really won't see you. We're we're not gonna make an episode if we lose. Yeah, we'll we'll be done. Rose Strong and True will be over. over yeah, we'll just disband. Actually, that might actually be one of the most entertaining episodes <laughs> of all time if we lose to Liberty. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye now.